We don't like slow growth. We like fast-paced, smooth sailing and abundant growth. We like achievements and we like them right now. <laughs> Especially as Christians, we are after a certain image to tell the world that we are perfectly put together on behalf of the gospel. But what if growth and sanctification was a slow and gentle process? A steady smoothing of our edges and flaws being made new by a good and gracious God. Today's conversation with Mary Morant explores making room for slow growth. Welcome to the Making Room Semester of the Faith School podcast. This podcast is for women of faith who are ready to be transformed from the inside out, to integrate their life in faith, and to begin a life on mission. This practical podcast is not just a list of how-tos, but it's here to prompt you to take action and adopt the kingdom way of life. Surrender to a holy God. My name is Leah, and I'm joining you in the messy middle of a surrendered faith. Come on in, take a seat. Class is now in session. To those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome, and to my old faithfuls, welcome back. Thank you to everyone who is tuning back in after our unexpected break. My family is in the process of a really big transition. We're actually moving to another province, so there is so much to do, and my plate just couldn't handle too much else besides packing, painting, sorting, cleaning, all the moving things. It is definitely a season of EGR, which may be extra grace required. Thank you as well to everyone who participated in the Life Decluttered Mini Challenge. We had a great response to the challenge, and I'm really grateful that God would use it to lighten your load and really just to make room for more of Him and the abundant life. If you missed the live session of the challenge, no worries. Remember, you can still get a copy for a self-paced experience through the link in our show notes. Let's listen in on my conversation with Mary Morantz. Well, welcome, Mary, to Faith School. I am so excited that you're here. I don't know if you know this, but you're my only returning guest that I have had on the show, minus my husband. So, oh my gosh, are you serious? That's yeah. a huge honor. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I like I, as a podcaster myself, I know that's a big deal because there's so much that goes into putting these episodes out. So mm-hmm. I did not know that, but I feel like I, I feel like I want like a like a like a patch. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's coming. It's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful for you having me back. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, first off this book, I have it right here. My goodness, Mary, this is so gorgeous. And like, it is like a piece of art in my hands. It's so yeah. stunning. What, you know what a process that was to bring together. I Oof. bet. Yeah. I bet. I, you know, what's funny. I remember because I was following you a long time ago. <laughs> I remember when you went on that trip to Italy wow, and took really? those pictures. Yeah, wow. I do. So if you, for the people that are just listening or, or if you, or if you're watching, my goodness, you need to grab a, a copy of this and check out all of the, the f- photography in here. It's so stunning. Uh, yeah. So just a really crazy backstory. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned six years ago, I guess it was now maybe even coming up on seven. Justin and I just put together some styled shoots because we were getting burned out in our photography business. And this was years before I had, let alone a book deal, but years before I even had an agent, I had the dream of writing books, but 
we were very much full-time in our photography business, mm -hmm. put the shoots together just to be creative and not have somebody else telling us totally. what the work had to be. Cause even some of the like style shoots we were doing, they were always for a magazine or somebody else's final product. So we just really wanted it to be like what we wanted it to be and on our time. Mm -hmm. And we took the photos and came home and posted like literally, I think like three sneak peeks and then that was it. And they've just sat on hard drives for wow. years. And then I start writing this book that's about all the ways we become this woman who is performing. And I was describing all the ways I have been that woman, twist, mm -hmm. you know, twisting myself up into knots mm -hmm. because to contort is easier than to be criticized or, you know, the masquerader trading in these disguises, hiding in plain sight or the yeah. performer always on our toes. And I just had this, we had an entirely different mock-up for this book, an entirely different concept. And it just did not fit. It was trying to be something else that I'm just not. And Justin said to me, well, what if you went with like what our photography brand used to be, like kind of that vanity fan yeah. feel. And that just like started a snowball and it made me, it reminded me of those photos. And the the reason I'm telling all of this is because God was writing this book before I ever had a book deal. And wow. he was writing this book before I ever wrote a word. I, we were like, what was that shoot about? That's kind of weird. Boom. Six years later, it makes sense. So sometimes wow. you just got to add in a little bit of time. That's amazing. I love that. I love that story. I love also the title of the book, Slow Growth Equals Strong Roots. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of what does that really mean as we're as we're going into the rest of the conversation? Yeah, that is something that Justin, my husband, said to me in our first year of the photography business when I was looking at people who, you know, as you do in the mm -hmm. comparison sort of way, who had either started at the same time as us or maybe just like a year or two ahead and their business just seemed to be taking off. Like they just seemed to be like popping up overnight, mm -hmm. you know, six feet tall. You go to bed and there's nothing there six feet tall mm -hmm. overnight like a, like a weed can do. They were just growing with dizzy, dizzying heights or multiplying with dizzying speed and we were sitting outside at like a you know taco place a, a mexican food place and the sun was super bright on hot on my face i remember that mm -hmm. i was just like it was like the it was like the kind of moment where you're so frustrated at the lack of movement the lack of progress and you have these mm -hmm. hot salty stinging tears i'm fighting back it's like the yeah. sun is beating down on my face and I was just saying like, you know, I feel like they're out there running sprints and we're running some sort of like cross country marathon mm -hmm. with no end in sight. And, you know, Justin was talking about, well, you know, a sprint is, doesn't get you very far. Or maybe you just worse yet lap and you're back where you started. Yeah. He said, maybe we are, we are built for marathons. We're built for things that are built to last. And that was the first time he ever said to me, you know, this idea of, oh, you know, I said, oh, I just wish it wasn't so slow. And he said, but slow growth equals strong roots. So in the book, one of the entries talks about this difference of being a person who is a weed where mm -hmm. you value what growth you see on the surface. This happened overnight, this dizzying height, this dizzying multiplication, which if you have been on Instagram, you know that every message out there is, I made six figures in my first month and just, <laughs> you know, made my whole family retire or whatever. Yeah. It's all about this fleeting currency of more, this how much, how many, how fast. Mm -hmm. And that's so intoxicating and you get so pulled into it until you realize if you tug at the string just a little bit like anybody who's pulled a weed out of the ground there's a half inch of roots holding it up mm. and then i say you can be a flower that's a thing of beauty you create beauty in the world maybe for a season or maybe year after year and there's certainly nothing wrong with adding beauty to the world the world needs more beauty 
But for all of us, my hope is that we will do something more, and that is to be a tree, because a tree can grow to dizzying heights, and it can multiply yeah. uh, to dizzying numbers. One acorn can turn into a tree, which can turn into 100,000 acorns. Mm -hmm. But for all of us, I hope that we will be a thing of beauty, but not be satisfied to just be that. We will be a thing that grows with dizzying multiplication, but not be satisfied to just be merely that, that we will also want to create fruit, bear fruit that can be given away and to be shade and shelter for others. Yeah. So that has become my guiding principle. And I gotta tell you, we were talking a little bit before we hopped on, be careful what mantras you choose or slogans you choose for your life. Because mm -hmm. life has a funny way of making you live it. Like we joke all the time, why didn't we say overnight is super, overnight success is super easy and everything we touch turns to gold. But every time I get frustrated in the here and now, today, about things not moving as quickly as I want, I look back and a really good quote I heard once is, God's past faithfulness demands our present trust. I heard Audrey mm. Roloff say that. And I look back at all the times in my life where if I would have just taken that slice of life and said, oh, in that moment, this is horrible. Let me trade places with that person's story. Everything I would have missed out. When you add in that variable of time, like I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. I have always been happy and thankful that I mine was the story that was given to me that I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to freaky friday with somebody else that i had to stay in my story because i would have missed out on so much goodness i would have missed out on being a redwood giant because i got tempted to be a weed yeah wow i think that applies to so many different areas you know like i know for myself it has looked like okay why isn't you know, this project that I put my hand to, or, you know, idea, why isn't it growing the way that I thought it? Why aren't people catching on the way that I was hoping? But I think it can also be for me in like in my faith and in my growth as a person. It's like, I, Lord, I've been asking for you to be, to make me more patient. Yeah. <laughs> and then you yeah. look up the definition of patience and it's long suffering and you're like, what? No, that's not, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. You know, so it can, I think it can look like a lot of different things. And so I'd love to hear more again. I mean, I think I have an idea, but I want others to hear a bit more of your backstory of like over the years, what has that uh, achievement that has kind of maybe been the one that's been more in focus maybe for you? What does that really look like for you? Yeah. I mean, before I even jump into that, I just want to like quickly touch on something when you were talking about like in your faith journey and like, why have I not gotten this right yet? God, like mm -hmm. how many times do I have to relearn this? In March, I got to go to a retreat out in Arizona and I was talking to one of the ladies and I was saying like, it feels like basically the question, because I, I have an undergrad and a master's degree in philosophy. So I have mm -hmm. very philosophical questions. <laughs> I said, do you think it is possible to reach the version of yourself God had in mind for you? while you're still alive, like, mm. like while you're still on earth. Yeah. Breathing, question. Do you think you'll ever get reach that point where you have arrived, where you are done with the growth and the shaping and the potter's hands to the yeah. clay? Or do you think if you're still here, there's still work to be done on you? Mm -hmm. And we were pondering these deep questions. And I was saying, you know, it's always sort of felt like a, a, a linear upward climb to get to this. Okay. Now, finally, finally you got there and okay. Yeah. Now, 
whatever. And the the one of the women was talking about she likes to think about the journey of her faith and and wholeness and becoming who she was meant to be less as a straight line and more like a labyrinth. There was a, a labyrinth on the property oh, wow. we were talking about. And she was saying, sometimes it feels like you're being pulled further away from center and you're being pulled further away from the mm -hmm. ultimate destination. She said, but when you actually think about a labyrinth, sometimes those veers away, it's actually the only way forward, wow. right? It's actually the only way. Otherwise you are backtracking or you're getting off course. Sometimes when it feels like you're being stripped from the person at your core or from this just like really centered version of your faith. Sometimes it's because that's just the way, that's the path, right? Wow. That's the path forward to eventually end up in the center. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but that, I mean, I don't, I do know why, cause it's powerful, but it just really spoke to me. And it, I think the reason it did is because it gave me the grace for myself to forgive a lot of long ways around that I've taken mm -hmm. in life, you know, and this tendency I have to keep kind of starting over in certain places. So yeah, I liked that. I would just throw that out there for anybody who might that. need that. Mm -hmm. But yes, achieving, 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 achieving. So for a very long time, I thought I was an Enneagram three because okay. I do feel and seem to be the classic overachiever. <laughs> um, but then I actually had the author Ian Morgan Cron on my podcast and he, I was saying that there were things in his description in his book of the Enneagram three that did not resonate with me. So things like being a social chameleon and mm. reading the situation to see who you need to be to succeed or being willing to cut corners just to hit the goal faster. Right. And I was like, nope, 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 don't know any of that. Mm -hmm. And he was saying to check out the self-preserving Enneagram four, where you value authenticity and excellence and integrity and originality. But something happened when you were little that achieving feels how you, like how you get to safety. So you lean into that wing to try to get to safety. And then I felt like, okay, finally it all makes sense. I feel very seen because I am very much an Enneagram by core. But mm -hmm. when I, when I feel like, oh, this doesn't feel safe or, oh, I'm going to slide back into the trailer I grew up in in West Virginia, which mm -hmm. if you're just listening and never heard of me before that's the, my, the story of my first book dirt is i grew up in a trailer single white trailer in rural west virginia to go on to yale law school to become a photographer to become an author and i think when you grow up that way it, it just sort of you're you feel like you're constantly trying to outrun the wolf is what mm -hmm. i call it in dirt so i like to say that the reason this book was given to me to write so that god gave it to me to write is because he knew I was the person who needed to hear it the most, mm -hmm. that we cannot achieve our way into worth. And I've done 40 plus years of field research. I can, I can save you all a lot of time. <laughs> it turns out there's not a gold star that's ever going to fill that hole in your heart. Yeah. If you're walking around feeling like there's something missing, there's something broken in your story, there's something that disqualifies you, that you are inherently not enough. There, I mean, number one, Yale Law didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Anything we did with our business didn't do it. Signing my book deal for five books did not do it. Yeah. And so this book is first and foremost to heal me. I know that. I know mm -hmm. that God was like, we're going to do some work in this book. Wow. But I also feel like it could be to set a generation of women who are listening right now and have not been showing up to use their gifts and their story because they believe that they're somebody better. Mm. And they, they are not using their gifts and their stories because they don't think they could handle it if it didn't work out. Yeah. And they're not using their gifts and their stories because their identity is so tied up. It rises and falls with the winds, right? There's a line that says, right. my days have always been defined as good or bad by the latest good thing that's happened to me. So yeah, mm. from, from getting the A's and, you know, starting in grade school all the way through college and then Yale for law school and just always 
feeling like if I could just get to the good life, the right house, the right car, the right dogs, right. then I'd be safe. Right. And it turns out none of it works. Totally. And whether you've been through something like what you've been through, Mary, where, you know, there's kind of these major, you know, Yale and photography and becoming an author, you know, these kind of big, big picture things. I think that a lot of us can identify with that in terms of I just am a, a good enough parent or yeah. wife, yeah. or if I have the right house or in the right community, I have the right dog, you know, whatever the case might be, right. Yeah. It can look like these big, flashy, beautiful things, yeah. uh, or it can, it can be kind of the smaller things that we're told that we need to have in order to be happy 100%. in order to feel like we fit in. And like you said, yeah. that we're safe. Yeah. And Pinterest, so, man, Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love Pinterest. Don't get me wrong, but that is one big exercise. And until every one of my parties looks like this, <laughs> you know, till I'm sending totally. cupcakes that look like, I don't know, the cookie monsters, all I could think of. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, those cupcakes. Yeah. 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 I mean, mm-hmm. and you know what, you know, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking to me and it's, it's heartbreaking to me in general for all of us, but it's also just very personally heartbreaking to me is we, if we are not careful, could spend our whole lives like that. Yeah. I've become distinctly aware recently in my life of how many days I keep saying like, there's like another piece of sand falling through the hourglass or another one mm-hmm. going down the drain mm-hmm. because it's blue skies and birds chirping outside. But all I can think about is that person's further ahead or why yeah. hasn't this happened yet? Mm-hmm. You know, or just, you know, you let the enemy get a little foothold in your ear and that's all you think about that whole totally. beautiful, gorgeous day yeah. right in front of you. Totally. So I can't do that anymore. And I hope none of us can do that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I'm in a season right now. We're going through a big life transition. I don't, I don't think I've said this on here yet, but we're, we're moving. We're in the process of moving to another province mm-hmm. and everything that made me feel safe and secure is now gone. You know, my friends that I have here, I mean, I'm going to be close to my family, which is super awesome. And I'm very excited about that. But my friends, my church, my job, my neighborhood, my house, like really everything Mm. I have to leave it behind. And those were the things that made me feel safe. And I'm feeling like God being like, you know what? Not only am I enough for you through all of this change and Mm. through you having to give up these things that you know, made you feel worthy or whatever the case might be. Right. But like, you're enough for me, Mm. like through this season, I'm not only enough for you, but you're enough for me. And uh, it's just been such a, such a special season, a very hard season, but very special season to walk through and to have to release those things that have made me feel very safe. And so you don't know, right. And, And one day you can have you can have all the things and then overnight it can be, yeah. you know, and right. <laughs> one of the things that we're talking a lot about on this whole season, or we're calling it semester because we're at faith school and we can do that. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I love that. I want to like slow clap that. That's awesome. <laughs> but one of the things that we're talking about is making room, making room for the abundant life. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of times it, in order to experience the more full life, there's things that we have to kind of peel away. And so I would ask for you then, like, how do we begin to start making room for slow growth? 
How do we start to even, what is the mindset we have to take on? Like, what is, you know, how do we even begin that process? Because to me, it's so appealing, but it is, it's a shift. So, yeah, you know what I love about that question, even the setup of it is this idea of making room for abundance because for myself and for, I bet a lot of people listening for a very, very long time in our lives, we equated abundance and arriving with stuff. Mm -hmm. with a lot of stuff with having not only the house but the car and the clothes and the decor you know Mm -hmm. i i can just this is so like gross but i'm just going to share it anyway this is how you know we're real elbow deep and getting vulnerable here (laughs) um i can distinctly remember the first time i was able to go in and buy one pillow from pier one it was an outdoor pillow it was like purple and green and yellow pastel and like a madras kind of crisscross or you know plaid sort of pattern Mm -hmm. and very 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 pretty pillow and i loved it i couldn't even get two i got one and i got no further than the parking lot and the car and the thought went through my head next stop pottery barn i was already on the ascent right um because and this was i was probably 18 19 20 somewhere in that range and Mm -hmm. i was in full blown get out make a life, have the nice home, the warm home, the safe home, the ceiling doesn't, roof doesn't leak, you know, clean, 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 you know, and like, if I can just, if I can, if I can go from Pier 1 to Pottery Barn and then maybe eventually Pottery Barn, I thought about next up, Restoration Hardware, like, let's just keep going. It was this ladder that I was climbing and it was this accumulation of stuff. And there is a passage in Slow Growth where I am talking about at a certain point, my antidote to scarcity becomes an exercise in excess. And I'm flying down the highway 100 miles an hour, my hair's on fire, and I like the way it burns. And now there are so many stacks of sweaters, there could never be enough idealized, perfect versions of me in the future to be able to wear all of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's kind of like playing off an earlier entry, talking about these illusions in the distance we're always chasing. Yeah. And so, what's interesting, a big first step for a lot of us is this idea of reframing that word abundance to actually think about it more as spacious, Mm. right? This wide open, spacious, green pasture we can sit down in, rest our head in peace and not be a slave to our things, either moving them around or cleaning them or trying to Mm -hmm. pay for them or trying to buy more, whatever the case is. So this idea that you're making room for abundance, I think is so smart and so fascinating because for a lot of us, our path to abundance is going to begin with contentment. It's going to begin with gratitude and it's mm-hmm. going to begin with paring down. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's to question what matters anymore. Mm-hmm. What stays? What are we going to like? My One of my coaches, Melissa, is always talking about emptying out the purse of your life and then deciding with intention what goes back in. We redid the second floor living room a few years ago and we had the luxury of pulling everything out and then only deciding by addition. That's a phrase right. that like came to me during that time, deciding by addition what actually gets to stay. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think there's something really powerful about that because in that same entry about the exercise and excess, I'm talking about how I feel like a Russian doll a lot of the times, like these mm-hmm. nesting dolls where the inner core version of me is at peace I have gotten my mission from God. I know what I'm here for, the use of my gifts in service to others for your ultimate glory for the rest of my life. That's it. Yeah. She's at peace. Her shoulders relax from the rocky shore of her jawline. Her brow is not furrowed. Her tongue releases from the roof of her mouth. That part's not in the book, but that's 
all, you know, that exercise to relax mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just, every day I show up with wide open palms and I say, what do you have for me today, God? Yeah. But that version is inside another version of me. That's just like one big raw exposed nerve ending exposed to the right. world where every shift of air in the room sends it screaming back into fight or flight mm. more, 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 more is the only way to silence it. So I feel like our first step is, is starting to, like we talked about earlier, peel back those layers to get to that core version of us that knows what we're really here for, knows what really matters right. and is not in a hurry. We're not in a hurry because we know God has a plan that's already been written for us. And there's no way for us to be late for that as long as we show up in obedience every day. Oh, yeah, that's so true. I love that image of the the dolls because I feel that, you know, I, yeah. I do like all the intention in the world, the good intention, <laughs> it, it lives in there. And yeah. yet the outside or the actual action can look a little bit different. Yeah, it's easy to get distracted. It it's is. easy to get distracted by the shiny thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm thinking of all of the the, you know, primarily we have believers on here. So thinking of a lot of people, but primarily Christians who are just really trying to hold it all together, yeah. which can look like a lot of different things, but I want to know for you, like, what do you, in, in contrast to that, what are we actually invited to in a life with Jesus? Like what is, what is the actual invitation to slow growth and yeah. for allowing him to hold us together. Yeah. I mean, the invitation is that freely and lightly, isn't it? It's that yoke that is, is yeah. not burdensome. It's that yoke that says, come be tethered to me and I will carry most of the weight. I'll carry 99.99% of the weight. And guess what? This yoke will be custom fit to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to give credit for that. The first person I ever heard say that was Shanti Felton was the first person I ever read that in her devotional, this idea that if, if with like a work animal, an ox or whatever, if the yoke was off even a little bit, it would force that animal to work, you know, twice as hard for the same result. And then I feel like it was Emily Lex in a conversation on my podcast, we were talking about that there's two openings and that, that, that leaves space for our lives and our work to be tethered to Jesus that he's going to do, he's going to do the heavy lifting mm -hmm. and it's not heavy at all to him, by the way, mm -hmm. but I will, you know, just in that name of that, like being wide open and vulnerable, like I will say that's something I really struggle with. And I've talked a little bit about this recently that, you know, I was raised in Appalachia by a very proud, hardworking family mm -hmm. where the message was pretty clear explicitly and implicitly that people who had things handed to them, probably not very good people, probably mm -hmm. kind of spoiled, probably had too easy of a life, you know, probably they never, they never got their wings, right? They right. never went through that process that made them better for struggling against the bindings. And so I've had a real tension with that idea my whole life that if I'm not the one doing it, then I don't deserve it. Right. And I want to deserve it. And I want to be able to say I worked hard for this and I did the right things to like make myself mm -hmm. worthy of it. Mm -hmm. And I heard a really powerful transformative sermon from my pastor, Justin Kendrick, where he was talking about all the ways pride, all the different forms pride can take and how it can become one of the trickiest filters that, you know, seeing dimly as if in a mirror that get between us and seeing God, how he really is in that pride. In that case, in that sermon he was talking about was this belief that we have to do our parts, that we have to be the ones to make it happen, that we don't want to be 
lazy. We don't want to be, you know, just have it handed to us. We want to deserve it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really been, you know, convicting for me this year and through writing this book, this idea of just, you know, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Just like sit around and drink chamomile tea and yeah. eat bonbons? <laughs> like, I don't understand. It, does, it makes no sense to me. Of, of course I should have to strive and struggle and roll up my sleeves yeah. because that is all I saw growing right. up. So as you can imagine, the concept of grace in general is very hard. And I write about that in Dirt, this idea mm -hmm. that what do you, who are you talking about adopted, chosen, blessed? Like, are you saying somebody else? It can't be me. Right. And this idea that it could just be a gift offered to us and there's nothing we could do to deserve it or earn it. And on the one hand, I'm like, great, that's amazing. That's beautiful. I'm so thankful for that gift. That's like the understatement of the year. Mm -hmm. But there's this thing in me that's like, okay, okay, but like, how do I make you not regret that gift? You know, right. how do I make, how do I, how do I continue to earn it? So yes, that is just like one big word circle to say, I know the right answer. I know that I'm supposed to say, we're invited to rest. Mm -hmm. We are invited to rest. Come to me, all of you who are weary and yeah. burdened, and I will give you rest. Not a boulder to push up the hill over and over until you drop dead one day, banging the drum like some deranged Energizer bunny. <laughs> but for anybody like me who hears that and goes, okay, but I still just want to go make it happen. Mm -hmm. A, I get it. I get it. I struggle with it too. But B, what I would ask you to do is to think back on your life because God's past faithfulness demand your present trust mm -hmm. and look at all the best things that have ever happened to you that you could have never forced into fruition. hundred percent. And if the concept of grace, if the concept of rest is too hard for you to wrap your mind around, just look at the track record, this evidence to the contrary, that none of the things that are the best things did you force to happen by your own hands. Yeah. Oh, so good, Mary. I, I mean, I'm always thinking about like, okay, the, the woman that wants to do all of these things for God and yeah. how we can take that and with good intention, but turn it into something where we are the ones that are carrying the burdens and yeah. carrying the things that he has already said that he is going to carry for us mm -hmm. and try really like learning for me, it's been really learning to trust his sovereignty there's been many times over the last year where it's like, well, God, do you want me to like say more or like, how can I convince them that you are, you're worth trusting or that you're, you're worth following. Yeah. And over and over again, it's been like, Leah, that's my job. Like, this is, mm. this is what, this is what I am for. You are, you are the mouthpiece or you are, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a tool, mm. but I'm a tool in his hands. Yeah. And to know that, you know, he is the muscle, <laughs> I guess, you know, yeah. behind it. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so anyway, I, I just think of how we can kind of think of, you know, the idea of rest and that it's, you know, it's something that we're, we're asked into not to try to do everything ourselves. Right. But there's a difference between resting with God, which is good and resting in God, right? Well, yeah. Where, where it's resting in who he, who he is and in, in his character. I've had so many mind, like just mind shifts around this. It's just, everything you're saying is just, just truly resonating with me. And I, for me, I'm taking it into the way that I walk out my faith. 
Mm-hmm. And how he's already invited me into a life of freely and lightly. Am I, am I going to take that invitation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, again, like we have all heard this. It is mm-hmm. not my idea. It is not original. But just that idea of we spend a lifetime working to make the money, to buy things, to impress people right. we don't even like, you know. And then we do that for our whole life. And then we get to like the last decade and it's like okay now you can retire and rest or whatever and it reminds me there's another story where it's like there's a man leaning against a boat and a businessman is rushing off to work past him every day you know off to build the empires off to build the things da 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 and the story keeps going on with this businessman going past the man with the boat the businessman is becoming increasingly you know like looking down on the the man just simple man Mm -hmm. poor man living Mm -hmm. inside a boat and he's like why don't you go work in the the man with the boat said, well, why do you work? Well, I work so that I can get an income. Well, why do you get an income? I get an income so that I can, you know, have a house and I can take the vacations and I can do the things and, and I work so that I can one day retire. And the man with the boat says, well, what do you want to do when you retire? And he's like, well, I'd like to maybe get a boat, <laughs> you know? And it's just this like very interesting, it's much better than I've just told it. I'm realizing I've not told that story in years. So there's probably some details I left out, but the point being this man going so fast, being mm-hmm. so busy, thinking it makes him important spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning to acquire mm-hmm. the things only to let go of the things so that he can go get what this man simply enjoyed daily yeah or his whole life and i really do think when we get to the end of our life we're taking account of it that's going to be the currency that matters of how many days were we actually awake to our own lives yeah absolutely absolutely there's always something to go chase after but are we present you yeah. know and resting in him in the, in the here and now yeah yeah that's beautiful well, Mary, this has been awesome. I have one more question, you know, for our, the main part of our conversation here, but I just want to say thank you so much for everything that you've shared so far. And yeah. I can't express enough just how beautiful the book is and your writing is just stunning. So for anyone, I mean, this, this book is, is, is gorgeous in so many different ways. And so highly recommend people go get it. One of the questions that we have been asking everybody is, about the abundant life. Mm-hmm. And so with your unique area of expertise and life experiences, how would you define the abundant life? Mm, yeah. You know, I think, I think for me, it's, it's that country song. There's no dollar sign for a peace of mind. This I've mm-hmm. come to know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's how many days of my life can I have margin? Can I be fully five sensory present and awake yeah. to the actual beautiful life right in front of me that I'm spending time with the people who matter most that I'm seeing them and speaking into them and encouraging them mm-hmm. that, yeah, that I, I just, I'm okay being exactly where I am. There's this, you know, phrase consent to reality that Shauna Nyquist talks about in her new book. And, and that's been really uh, wrestling around in my mind. Like, cause as somebody who is a perpetual, you know, improver, a perpetual, mm-hmm. Do not settle. To settle, to stay stagnant is to fail. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Next level. What's the next level look like? Mm-hmm. To actually just wake up every day and go, what? What's right in front of me? Mm-hmm. What's right? You know, what's here now? That's a, a book from, there's so many books that are coming out right now that are so mm-hmm. Jeannie Stevens, what's here now, right? So, and, and Awake, by the way, I mentioned earlier is Anjuli Pascal and just mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful. I feel like it's on the front of mind for everybody right now. Like we are missing it. Yeah. The plot, there's one of the entries in, in slow growth. And in fact, the subtitle of that entire first part is the clock is ticking. 
right the clock is ticking and it's a reference to that play our town and how when it's our time to go up to the grave it's not going to be all this stuff we think that matters that we're going to wish we'd spent more time with yeah so i think the abundant life is getting to that moment and being like no i feel pretty good i feel pretty Mm -hmm. good about how i spent those days Mm -hmm. oh i love it this has been so much fun to hear everybody's response to that question because just the different, the depth that everybody brings has just been so, so awesome. So thank so you, Mary. What's your answer? What's your answer? What's my answer? That's a good question. So I was talking to a friend of mine about this who actually helps edit my show. And we were you know talking about the abundant life and the, what she said really, really resonated with me. And she said that the abundant life means to be fully human. And to be fully human in the way that God has intended for us to experience life. Mm. And I just loved that the the simplicity in that, but also the depth in that, that abundant life is something where it's that full invitation to live as God has intended for me to live, which is to rest and, Mm. and to do excellent work and to care for others and care for myself. Mm-hmm. and care for him and to just be in full awe of who he is. Yeah. So. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have a few concluding questions for Facebook. Okay. What's a, a resource that you have been enjoying lately? Mm, yeah. You know, I feel like I already kind of gave the spoiler alert on the, those because mm-hmm. be probably those books I listed, I'll recap them here all at once. So Awake from Angelie Pascal is just about being awake to every day. What's Here Now from Jeannie Stevens, both at the intersection of those books, I had this like super aha light bulb moment, which is the idea that God is infinite, but we are not. So literally the only place we can commune with him or interact with him is in the present. Mm. And one of the best ways to be awake to the present is through the five senses. And the aha moment I have is for, I can tell you with, with certainty because of a workshop we used to teach that for the past 12 or 13 years, I have felt this urgency and this angst about truly smelling the basil and like, you know, the garlic, tasting the garlic or whatever, Mm -hmm. the the salt air on your face. And the, I I almost burst into tears because it was just this like on the, you know, palm to the forehead moment of like, oh, that's why that has felt like such an ache and felt like so urgent yeah. it's because God is saying, I'm here, I'm here in the basil, I'm here in the garlic, I'm here in the salt air, I'm here in the your five senses experience of the present. Wow. You trying to live in the past where you cannot go, you trying to live in the future where you cannot go, you are missing seeing me like almost face to face. So at both of those books, I would add to that When Striving Cease from Ruth Jo Simons, beautiful, beautiful book, and the Sean Aniquis book, I guess I haven't learned that yet, Mm -hmm. is just such a a grace-filled anthem for those of us who've taken the long way around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I have... I have When Striving Cease and I haven't, I haven't read it yet. I was, so good. yeah, yeah. And when, oh, and when I we get the power of place from Daniel Grothy as well. Oh yeah. So good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm all for the book recommendations. I was yeah. recently saying that books are my love language. So mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have a wish list. That's what I should do. I should have a wish yeah. list up on my show. All right. Next question is what is a spiritual practice or discipline that has been really life-giving to you? Yeah. You know what I've been doing is we have a white 
big white kitchen island in our we live in an old 1880s house we've been fixing up for the last 10 years and yeah. fairly recent within the last couple of years addition is a white kitchen island and every morning i have been circling that island as i pray and sometimes that can go up for like an hour to an hour and a half wow and it's just such an incredible way there's just something about the left foot right foot repetition that just really activates my brain on on a more engaged level i guess and just the conversations that have come out of that and i've you know i circled slow growth i circled my team i've circled like obviously justin and my family and our families mm -hmm. and it has just been like we forget i think that god cares about our homes and our, our laundry and our to-do lists and 100%. the pressure we're putting on ourselves and he's like i will come into any and all parts you invite me into mm -hmm. so just making a practice of actually spending time to talk talk with him has been huge and and i've been following along with that the 40-day prayer challenge draw the circle from mark batterson which is incredible okay okay i love the idea of the like activating you know yeah. more because I, I mean i don't think we realize just how how much of a whole person that we are you know we're not right. just spirit but we're mind and we're body and we're you know heart and yeah. and all the things and to engage more parts of us as we're interacting with God. I think there's something really, really cool about that. And body posture actually I think is, is pretty important. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like the limbic brain, I guess, gets activated mm -hmm. when you go, you know, it makes you go left side, right side of your brain. I don't know something, there's something neuroscience in there about how you move out of the prefrontal cortex, which is like your battering ram against a brick wall. I have to solve the problem. You know, I'll just mm -hmm. keep like hitting it over and over again until something moves. And the limbic brain is that part of your brain that assembles. Scientists are going to tell you it's past experiences and things your subconscious picked up on that you didn't even realize. And mm -hmm. like, you're assembling. It's, it's the reason I reference pop culture randomly in my writing. It's because like my brain is making connections. I yeah. had no idea I was going to sit down and, and make when I started writing. But to me, that is where the divine lives, that this, when that part gets activated, we're actually communing with, you can call it muse, you can call it creativity, you can call it your subconscious making assimilations. But for me, that is when God starts to create in my life. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right. Last question is if you could assign one piece of homework to our faith school listeners, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. So in dirt, I talk about this part where I'm working with my goals coach, Kim, and we have her business is called the whiteboard room. So we have a big whiteboard piece of construction paper. She's written my name, huge Mary in the middle. And we have written down all the goals that I had accomplished in the previous year, mm -hmm. all the things that I had set out to do that I had done. And it, the whole whiteboard was filled with, wow. with things. And she, we finished that. And I look at her and I go, I was just, this was like one of the driest seasons of my life is like 2018, 2019, something like mm -hmm. that. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, but I'm the unhappiest I've ever been. Mm. And she just like, oh, she'd had enough. And she just sort of like started like covering all the things up with her arms. And she said, okay, what you have to get down to is who is Mary? Wow. Lambs on my name. Who is Mary without all of these things? If you had to walk into a room and you couldn't say any of these things, who is Mary? And I, again, like kind of referencing our conversation earlier, I knew what she wanted me to say, like what the correct mm -hmm. answer was. I'm a child of God, loved and yeah. adopted. <laughs> and instead I said nothing <laughs> in a rather dramatic way that shocked us both. And I, I <laughs> it was visceral. It was yeah. wild animal. I didn't know where that came from. Yeah. And it became very clear to me in that moment that I needed to set out to figure out how to answer that question. Who is wow. Mary if you take away all this stuff? So that's the homework. 
Wow. Like, work out to give people, write your name on a piece of paper. Who are you without all these things? I love that. I love that. Now it's so, it's so true that we can put our identity and all the other things and forget exactly yeah. who, who we are. Oh, I love that, Mary. That's so great. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I just want to say thank you again for coming on and for sharing your wisdom. And you're just such a, you're such a gift, such oh, a gift. My gosh. Well, thank you for having me. And real quick, before I forget for everybody listening, if you resonated with the achiever part in particular, mm-hmm. we actually put together a quiz that goes along with the book and it's called what's your achiever type. And it goes through five characters from the book, the performer, the tightrope walker, the masquerader, the contortionist and the illusionist in the distance for how you go after goals, either because of how they make you feel about yourself, how Mm -hmm. other people feel about you or some combination of the two. And it tells you what your type is, where you get stuck and how to move forward to purpose. You can find that at achieverquiz.com or marymorans.com slash quiz. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thanks, Mary. Thank you so much to Mary for such a thoughtful conversation on slow growth. Seriously, seriously, her book is so beautiful and it really would make a great gift item maybe for that achiever in your life. Grab a copy of her book or listen to her podcast with the link in our show notes. Next episode will be a little bit of a wrap up of the making room semester with Yvette. She'll be back and we will touch on the highlights of the semester. We can't believe that it is already wrapping up on the pod, but you can subscribe to our newsletter to get more making room content throughout the summer. If you want to catch me on social media, you can find me at at leah.rempel or at faceschoolpod on Instagram or subscribe to our new YouTube channel, Faceschool. We're happy to continue serving you on those platforms. Thank you for spending a little time with us today at Faceschool. We are praying that you feel fully surrendered today to the God who made you, loves you, and wants to partner with you. Class is now dismissed. Go out there and reveal his kingdom.